Last week we uh, talked about headship. Let's talk about and, this, Shouty. And you, you kind of went in a little bit. Yeah. Like you, you, you had some like lived experience and some wisdom for the men. That's what's up. And out so, here. And so we, we, we ended that podcast because we were going over because it's thirty minutes with the Perry's. And we was going we over were, time. We were doing forty six. And I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to go fifty. You know what I'm saying? And but she was like, I don't think, you know, we should go fifty. And so mm-hmm. my leadership said, Okay, maybe she's right. <laughs> Let's let me let me Let's submit just, to what she's saying because it is called thirty minutes with the Perry's. Yeah. And so we were even though I wanted over. to do fifty five because I wanted you to go in on women. Oh, Okay. Yeah. That's not what this is about. No, no, so, not can, not go in, but I, I do want you to explain. But before we start, let me let me help you out. I just want to rehash some of the things that were said. Okay, rehash. Okay. Boom. So you talked about how leadership is being like Christ-like and sacrificial and loving. The lamb, how, the lion and the lamb. How being a leader is just as vulnerable as being submissive, and that if a man is not feeling or sensing that vulnerability. Often it is most likely because they're just simply trying to control their wives instead of loving their wives. Mm, that's right? such a good recap. You, <laughs> you, you was listening because it is my job at this podcast to listen and ask questions. That is my strength, mm. and so I have to be attentive as if I'm a host. And that's not my strength because at I at all because you are a mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay yeah kind of person. <laughs> So you just said, but I be listening. No, you do listen, but you're processing, and so you you don't have time for a quick response or a question. Sometimes, yeah, but unless it like triggers something in my spirit, do that again. Triggers something in my spirit. Saw it. Do it again. (laughs) Triggers something in my spirit. (laughs) So what was the last question we left off of? I I asked you, what is what is the thing that makes women? Because we I've known in the past some women who like. Move over, husband. I'm running this ship. You know, like what? What? What does that come from? The women control. who, yeah, like women who have a desire to to control their marriage, or you know, in a lot of ways, dominate their husbands. It could be a few things. I, I think some people would argue theologically that Genesis three, that the curse given to Eve, is a part of that. Um, when it says that your desire will be for your husband, uh, they have taken from. Uh, the passage when God is speaking to Cain and says that your desire or sin's desire is for you, but you should uh, rule over it. So they've taken that to mean, you know, that her desire is a controlling kind of desire. Mm. I don't know if I land on that in- interpretation or not. I haven't done due diligence with it. So I think that maybe it's the biblical thing. Maybe it's part of the curse that women want to control men. I think one part of the curse that we can absolutely say is a part of the curse is a lack of humility. Yeah. Like we know that for a fact that like because we are sinners, we don't respond well to pushback. We don't respond well to submission. We don't respond well to being in a position that feels or seems weak or vulnerable. Yeah. I think some of it is also ego. If I'm trying to control the situation, it's just simply because I really do think that my way is right. Like it's it, like I, I just I, I'm convinced that this would be a good way for us to do it. So wh- why not do it? The I think it it becomes even more problematic when that element of 
ego is mixed with manipulation where you feel so convinced of your position and so unwilling to work towards it in a healthy and humble way that you try to manipulate your husband towards your own ends. And I think at that point, it's like, okay, we need some fear of God here (laughs) because you're doing something he can't see, but but God does. Hmm. And so I think God has to anchor that propensity to try to like use your husband like a chess piece instead of a person. Um, so that's probably, yeah, but also just fear. It's, it's all fear. We try to control stuff that we're, that we're afraid of. So I'm not saying I'm afraid of you. I'm afraid of the, the outcome of you not doing what I want. Yeah. 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 And so basically what you're trying to say is like the same fears and the same issues that would cause a man to be domineering in his marriage is essentially the same thing. Cause it's human. Yeah. 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 That's deep. That's deep. Do you think that there, um, that that do you think that there's any fear? Uh, do you think that there's any temptation for a woman to want to dominate their marriage because they don't want they're trying to prevent being dominated? Oh yeah, it's kind of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. No, nobody wants to be to be controlled, and so much of this is. I'm gonna connect this to to my book, Holier Than Thou. Because so much of it out at play is is logical and rational. Because it's like, like I said in the last episode, men are human beings and, and, and men are sinful. And so the fear is if I give you room and I give you privilege to, to, to lead me or to be an authority figure over me, I don't know what you're going to lead me to. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you're going to, to force me to do yeah. because I don't trust you. I don't trust your motives. I don't trust your love and your heart for me. And the way we see this play out even in our relationship with the Lord is that some people are so unwilling to submit themselves to the Lord because they feel as if or they have presumed that somehow God has bad motives, that somehow the places that God will lead them to is not good for them. That's good. But the thing with God is God is holy. He is without sin, without blemish, without anything. And so the way he leads us and the way he guides us is always good and always wise. That becomes difficult now when I try to take that same trust and apply it to you as a sinful human being. And that's why I have to trust your heart for me. Yeah. But you actually have to show me that you're trustworthy. Yeah. So I have to see evidence of love. I have to see evidence of compassion i have to see evidence of humility i have to see evidence of wisdom i remember once how we had a conversation about a one couple we know and how the wife is really resistant to the husband's leadership and you were talking about the husband and how not in a judgmental way we were just making observations and you were like he isn't a self-controlled man because he he his flesh it's just kind of, he just does kind of what he wants to do. And, and, and we weren't even speaking sexually. It's just, you know, he wants to indulge in this or open himself up to this. And how that is probably influencing his wife's lack of trust because she doesn't see a man of character. Yeah. And so even you having a good character makes me more willing to trust your leadership with me. I just said a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. But, but it, it was, came out. It was, it was good. It was, <laughs> it was really good. Yeah, that, because I, one of the things that I talked about, and I'm going to pick your brain about, one of the things I talked about in the last podcast was what biblical headship looks like. And I think it's... Good. Are you about to ask me about submission? Yeah. Like, for, <laughs> what, does, what does biblical submission look like? I hate this question, and I get it all the time, because I don't know. 
I really don't know. Like, and I feel like I'm supposed to because I'm a Bible teacher, but I don't study Ephesians 5. Like, I'll be reading about holiness and, <laughs> and like Jude and stuff. But like, it says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church and gave himself up for her. And then it says, wives, submit to your own husbands as the church submits to Christ. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Ephesians five twenty four is 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 the text that we usually reference when it when we talk about submission and Paul references submission of women or wives before he talks about headship. I I really like though that like he spends like five verses talking to men and like one verse talking to women, but that's neither here nor there. So I just wanted to see the Greek for myself. Okay, it says uh, to be in submission is to be subject to place or rank under to subject to obey that's where it gets weird for me <laughs> because <laughs> the word obey doesn't feel right in my spirit um i guess the way i'll say it, the way i have treated the subject of submission in our marriage is that i live with a sense of deep honor and reverence for you oh I'm saying that that's the way I see submission in our marriage is that I am honoring you. Yeah. And so if I am doing the bills, I am thinking about what would honor you. If I am shopping, I I don't do this well sometimes, but I'm thinking about what would honor you, like not spending too much, not, you know, considering you when when I buy stuff. Like even asking me like, husband, can I like, is this cool for me to buy this? Yeah. Or when I'm talking to my daughter, so even last week, Eden, she wanted to read some kind of book, and she said that you told her that you want to read the book with her. And she was like, Mommy, can't we just read the book together? And I'm like, well, if your father said that he wants to read the book with you, then that means that he needs to read the book with you. So that's a way of me submitting, I think, myself under your leadership is by honoring you in everything that I do. And so that's less about obedience obeying you it's just about like no nah, like i don't make decisions and go through life without considering preston yeah yeah i hope this makes sense but i think that anytime because i think some people might hear you having some tension with this word obey and be like oh she's not a submissive wife right um because i think i'm a human you're, you're a human right <laughs> <laughs> and so like let's just be honest i have I have, you know, tension with the word obey with my leadership, yeah. church leadership, job leadership. I, I feel like that's just a human thing. But I do think that when we look, when we try to see if a wife is submissive, to only look at a wife only and not to look at a, a, a husband's leadership uh, won't. I, I feel like a husband's leadership and a, a wife's like a, a wife and a husband will always inform you about each other, right? Mm-hmm. And how they function with one another, right? And so I'll, I'll say that. But then I'll say this. I'll, I'll say, like, like even with your attention, like I think that you are a very submissive wife, right? Uh, even when you look, even when, it, what's crazy is I think that you're more submissive than you think that you are, probably. In, which I think it's good because yeah. it's because it's you know because if you was walking around here prideful and you say, I'm killing this submissive stuff. <laughs> look at me. You know what I'm saying? Scrubbing his toes. <laughs> yeah, but it it, it, uh. it it doesn't look like that. I think that for me, I had to sh- I had to I had to know 
which I talked about in the last podcast, that God had to show me that my leadership gives you room to love me in a way that honors me yeah. and vice versa. Yeah. And that's what marriage is. And so, like, even when you felt in your heart that we should move to Atlanta, this is just a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Like, did you talk did, about this on the podcast before? I don't know. I don't know either. Go ahead. But I, I, I respected you so much. And, all, and I also grew a trust from you in that process. I guess I feel like we got to tell the story now. Yeah, because basically what happened was you felt like the Lord was calling us to move to Atlanta. I'm Chicago through and through. And mm-hmm. so, like, I did not want to move to Chicago. You didn't pressure me. You didn't like, God is calling us to move. And God is showing, I'm a woman of God. Let's, let's go. We, we are Georgia peaches now. You didn't do that. What you did was, you was like, let me pray. And let, and, and, and let me, let me, like, like ask the Lord if it's, if it's, if it's will, like, I forget what you said. Say what you said. Like, <laughs> I asked you about moving to Atlanta and you were resistant to the idea. Oh, yeah, and so, I, so I just I just let it go. And so I prayed and it was kind of like, you know, Lord, if this is your will, then lead pressing towards that decision. Yes. But also it was also me I'm still up in the air on if the Lord is saying this or not. And so it felt like if the Lord is moving us to Atlanta, he's moving us to Atlanta. So in the same way that I think that the Lord is speaking to me, if he's not speaking to Preston in that way, then that's going to have to color the way I'm discerning see, how the Lord is like moving our family. See, but listen, I think, I hope this makes sense in such a beautiful way that it's both leadership and submission. Explain. Because in, in the same way, I would do the same for you. Mm-hmm. If I feel like God, like I, I, I wouldn't just say, Oh, we're about to move to Atlanta because the Lord is showing me that. Right. Without considering your heart right. and what you want and what you feel like God is showing you because right. you have your whole relationship with the Lord yourself. You right. know what I'm saying? And so, like, for me, like, that, that, like, for you to, for you to, like, to not just try to run what you, what you felt like the Lord was showing you and then care what the Lord was showing me, but you submit it, like, to, to, yeah, for your me. process. Yeah, to my process. Yeah. And like, like if he's the leader of our home, and if he's my husband, I, I want the Lord to speak to him, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him the freedom to seek the Lord about moving to Georgia, you know, himself. And so for me, when I, when the Lord began to show me that, you know, he wants us to move to Georgia, I don't know why it did, but my trust for you uh, just grew. Interesting. For for not pressuring me, for not trying to like, you know you know mm-hmm. bully me into like doing what you feel like the lord was showing you mm-hmm. but it also showed me that like no nah, this this girl hears from the lord because that's that submit as unto the lord part yeah because i am he is my lord first and foremost like he is the one that yeah. i am ultimately submitted to so even in my dealing dealings with you i am looking to the lord and even in me being able to kind of submit to and be patient with your process, it's me trusting your Lord to be Lord over you. And so it's like, I'm like, I'm waiting on God to do whatever God has to do with you and his relationship. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because that's a part of me and God's relationship. I don't, I don't think that makes sense. But yeah, it's yeah. just like, 
if I, if I didn't have a frame of reference for you having the Holy spirit and you being sensitive to God's spirit and God being sovereign over all things. Like if, if none of that was a factor, then the, the peace that comes with that level of submission wouldn't even been, been a thing. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, that's good. I think what that says is that we have to first, um, have a relationship with the Lord and, and, and then we have to like, trust in what god is leading our spouses and how he's leading our spouses and so for me it was a confidence not just merely in you but how the lord talks to you yeah and how the lord leads you and so like it was kind of like wow and so i felt like that was the that was one of the first times i felt like man like god kind of like led us together Mm -hmm. like we didn't we wasn't seeing the same thing but then we kind of like started to see the same thing and it was like man like this woman like she could have just been like Yo, like pressuring me, but yeah. she didn't. And she prayed, and she's like, "I remember you saying like, I'm just gonna pray about it, and yada yada." You didn't even do it to be manipulating, like, nah, "Yeah, I'm gonna pray about it." And I was like, "Oh yeah," and so then I, my heart started to change. And I was like, "Yeah, so that's but, dope." But you just said something that I think I want to highlight, which is sometimes we can spend a lot of time and energy on discussing the gender roles in marriage and not discussing the overall. Um, overall is dramatic not discuss discussing what marriage is supposed to be which is one person plus one person becoming one flesh and so even though we mm. have these distinct roles if they are not working towards unity yeah and oneness then something is off and needs to be recalibrated yeah and so like even you you know leading me is you like your whole aim is is oneness yeah and even me submitting to you it's me trying to work towards that that oneness, oneness. not not like, yeah, because not trying to because I, I think leadership is not trying to how do I do my best in the most loving way to get her to go my way right it's like no nah, like how do I try my best for us to 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 try to figure out what the Lord wants us to do together yeah. and for us to get on the same wavelength yeah because I think that's a two different two different things and so like I think I think for the leader I don't want to go back to lead, headship because we're not talking about headship but I think for the for the leader. I think that there has to be some honesty and some distinction between do you really want the Lord's will to be done in your marriage or do you want yours, mm, mm-hmm. you know? And I also think equally for the person who's called to be in a more submissive role, mm-hmm. it's like, are we, are, we, are we submitting unto the Lord because we want the Lord's will to be done or we feel like we're submitting to like some egotistical person and, you know, who... And only his will. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think it has to be a balance because the, the idea is oneness. It, it is, it is for us to be on the same page with the Lord for the glory of Him. You I, know. I want to bring this up again because we did a podcast about uh, men not being jealous of their wives' gifting or something like that. But I think that that's a really fascinating topic to me. Is that I am a woman with a lot of visible gifts public gifts assertive aggressive gifts and so that can kind of put you in a in an awkward position when it comes to leading an individual like me Mm -hmm. help us process through that like what is what is what was in your mind when the lord started to open up all of these doors how are how are you as a leader processing how to lead jackie as the lord is doing all these 
Does that make sense? Because a man might be married to a woman who is being called to write or being called to sing and lead worship or being called to to be a executive or being called to be a CEO or being called to be a professor. And these like these visible leadership positions Mm -hmm. like you're leading a wife that's a leader that's basically what i'm trying to say yeah man (laughs) yeah um a couple of things i think i've I've talked about this man a whole lot on this podcast brian yeah (laughs) but i think discipleship is so very important because i was discipled by a man for nine years who really didn't care about those things and uh, who ran one of the biggest conferences in, you know, Christian conferences in, you know, in America, or whatever, and didn't really seek to get glory or praise and, and, and really taught me that really taught me that leadership is not about gifts or importance or value is not about gifts. Um, and I, th- I think being under his leadership for so long, like I think that it just seeing the way he operated in, in his marriage and the way he led his wife was really influential for me. Mm. And one, I think, I think for you, I think the only way, personally, me feeling like I would have had a problem with the way the Lord has used you, if you walked around acting as if your gifts def- define you or define how you operate and moved in our marriage but you didn't and so i think that um yeah like it's a like one i i know what i'm called to be Mm -hmm. i know what you're called to be i know like gifts doesn't make people more significant than the other and like and so like i think that for men who are who are intimidated by their wife's gifts it's like why though Mm -hmm. like what like what do you believe about yourself and about gifts that makes you feel insignificant about somebody else's mm-hmm. one one why is someone else your standard and not god mm-hmm. like you know what i mean like if we all have a standard and god has gifted us for the glorification of him why is another human being's gift being compared to you mm-hmm. like it's like yeah. and so like for me brian taught me all of that yeah brian was like i remember one time when we, uh it was a legacy conference or whatever. And Brian was like picking people up from the airport. And people didn't know that he was the one who put this whole conference on. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to him about humility. He was driving the bus. He was driving the bus. <laughs> and and people was like, yeah, I forget. I forget. Some guy was like, man, you're. Uh, you're seen in you're, love. You're seen in love, man. God God sees and knows you're the one picking this, this, these people up, mm-hmm. not knowing this dude is the one who created this conference. Right. And I remember talking to him about it. And he started talking to me about, like, giftedness and, like, pride and humility. We got on this whole conversation. And he was like, isn't it funny how we act as if we are doing using our gifts for the glorification of God, but we're, we low key, we're low-key jealous of other people's gifts. Mm-hmm. And he was like, That's some, that, that, that shows you some hypocrisy there. Mm-hmm. It shows you that you don't really see people's gifts as serving the Lord. Mm-hmm. You, you, you look at other people's gifts and it's, they're, they're a measure of where you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so like, for me, it just put it all in perspective. It's like, no, like, if, my wife, if, my, if God has gifted my wife to do a particular thing, 
to God be the glory. Yeah. To God. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so, and vice versa. Like, I, I, I think that, because I've known some husbands who felt like their wives was just upset that God was using them in a particular way. And it's just like, no, nah, like, your husband and your wife isn't your standard. God and is. And they're not, they're not your enemy. Yeah. Because if, if there is anything the devil will have you to believe or do is to start treating your spouse like they're an enemy of you instead of like one with you, you know, yeah. because that when you start seeing them that way, that's when there's a d- divisiveness and a disunity among you two. And that's where, you know, all the, the weird stuff happens. Brian told me, like, I also was discipled by a man who told me that that the way we even look at certain gifts and value them is not the way God sees them. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, cause it's like some people might look at the gift of teaching, not as significant as the gift of evangelism, mm-hmm. but it's like, if God is still using both of us, cause in the in Western culture, we look at people on a stage who has a teaching gift. Like they're just, we, we automatically put them mm-hmm. in positions of authority and power. Mm-hmm. But, like, in other cultures, like, the evangelist was, you know what I'm saying? So, like, culturally, we have allowed the culture to shape what we think about people and gifts. Yeah. And God doesn't see gifts that way. Yeah. My pivot is this. There was a video a couple weeks ago that we were watching on social media. And the young lady was talking about how submissive she is to her guy. Oh, my gosh. And how, you know, she rubs his back. So that he falls asleep and she knows when he's sleeping because his breath changes, which is everybody alive. But, you know, and how like she runs his bathwater and she packs his bags and just all the stuff. And I turned (laughs) to you and I asked you as a man when you had women that behave that way, which to the culture looks submissive. But I don't think that's submissive. I think it's servanthood. But even then, it ain't servanthood. But anyway, when women treated you like that, I asked you, what did it do for you? Do you remember your answer? I don't. I don't. I don't remember. <laughs> you said when women did that for you, it made you feel secure and nurtured. Yeah. Yeah, it did. My issue is if you do that out of pure love and motive, because some people are built like that. Like, I, I know women that, mm-hmm. that they're just they're just nurturers and hospitable in that way. They love to take care of their people. And I'm all for that. Like, do what you got to do. My problem is when that's actually a function of control. Because sometimes, some women, they do the most to, to take care of a man and to bake his cookies and to wash his jaws and to iron his shirts and to rub his back and do all of that because you don't want him to have to go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So it's a fear of abandonment. So yeah. you're trying to do all you can to keep him at home Woo. so that he won't leave you because you got daddy hurt. So that's when it becomes an wow. issue where it's not, this isn't submission. This is a really subtle form of manipulation. So some, wow, that's deep. So some women's submission is like low key them trying to like. You're wounded, sis. Wow. Because because my question was, I just want to, I feel like real submission is visible, not in the things that you're good at or the things you know how to do. Like you can see submission when there's a, a question is posed or a position is put forward that goes against your nature. Yeah. So if he says, 
hey, I want us to move to Costa Rica to preach the gospel. It's like then you, let's see how submissive you are. Yeah, you know, because it's not about cookies. And it's I not ain't about rubbing your feet for two weeks if you move to make me move to Costa Rica. It, it's not about that the the, the superficial, mm-hmm. surfacey, easy stuff. Now, now it's like it's moving you in a direction that you may not want to go in. Now I want to see how submissive you actually are. Yeah, because because if you like, if we move to Costa Rica, I'm putting a cocoa butter up. <laughs> like, <laughs> how submissive are you? And you know again. what I'm saying? I ain't saying that if a husband is like, hey, we move it to Lagos, Nigeria, you have to. I'm, I'm, I'm just giving I'm giving a really that's really deep that's vague a really... example of that. Some of the forms of submission, how it's talked about in the culture is not submission. Like being a housewife doesn't make you a submissive woman. Yeah. Being a coddler doesn't make you a submissive woman. Yeah, that's you know good. what I'm saying? Yeah. Or me being aggressive doesn't make me unsubmissive. Yeah, that's really good. So like we can keep using these little housewife from the 1950 white lady tropes to to describe submission (laughs) if we want to but but paul was not white he 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 was not thinking about cookies when he wrote (laughs) ephesians 5 he's writing to a church in ephesus like what what do you what do you say so but what do you i'm getting triggered (laughs) (laughs) what do you think what do you think uh uh like do you think that 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 nurturing in any way shape or form should play into a wife being submissive and what does that nurture looks like if it doesn't look like rubbing feet or rubbing back it depends on how we're defining submissive right if if in the text the greek is to place under then i i I don't know how me rubbing a back is a form of submission i just think it's love yeah yeah, you know? that's what and I was so thinking. So maybe we're thing. conflating two ideas yeah. and making them synonymous when it's because not. in this video, that's what every. I'm glad you said it because that's what everybody was saying. She's just a submissive, and it's just like. Now, yeah. if he asked you, like that's the difference. If he asked you, can you do this for me? And he asks, he asks her to do that all the time, and she's placing herself under his request. Yeah. Yes, it's a but in the video she was saying, I just love to do these things. I Beautiful. just love to do these things, and I just I love. And we don't know her heart. We don't know if she's trying to manipulate him to love her, even though we, you we know, but yeah. But what I am saying is that like it's giving trauma. <laughs> it's giving trauma. But yeah, like. Like just because she's doing it doesn't necessarily mean it's 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 some submissiveness. It could just be the way that she's choosing to to yeah. to love to and love I, him. And I, I feel the burden to have to over clarify because you know how YouTube and social media is, is. I use that as an example because I think we have really disordered understandings of what submission and headship is. So in the same way that a man thinks headship is being this assertive, aggressive bully of his wife, and that's not headship, in the same way a woman being a doormat and doing every single thing for her man, that is also not submissive. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Is yeah. that like like the Holy Spirit inspired this this word, this text. And so even the way it's going to look is going to transcend our cultural values. Yeah. And so there there has to be a distinction in the way the submission and headship looks that is actually strange. Yeah. And uncomfortable. That's good. All right, I think we're out of time. I ain't got nothing else to say. Uh I love you. Appreciate you loving me. Um, I'm going oh. to try to stop correcting uh, your bad English. Oh, man. I'm going to try. I know you're from Chicago, and that's just, you know, that's just. 
that's how it is sometimes. But okay. you know, I'm called to be an ezer, you know, a helper, which is the same word used to describe God and the Holy Spirit. And so I am honored to to uh, be put in the position where I am supposed to in to be like you. God uh, in the way He helps us. This I'm is a, touching I'm my little heart. By, this is touching by my buying heart. you with the source. Thank you for being a submissive wife, but not an English teacher. I thank you. <laughs> yep. Bye, y'all. Bye. 30 Minutes with the Perrys is a production of Ivy Media Podcast. Edited by Angie Elkins. Video recording and audio production by Kim Powell. Artwork by Hop and music by Swoop. Join us on Patreon for early access to With the Perrys episodes and other exclusives. You got two options. You can go to www.patreon.com forward slash with the Perrys or just go ahead, scroll. You'll find the link in our show notes. We are the Perrys. Thank y'all for listening. Now go with God.